This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Wrestling Network, friends and family, happy February. Welcome to your podcast home for journeys uncharted through alternate universes in the realm of professional wrestling. Welcome to the February 2024 episode of Through the Looking Glass. I am your co-host, Scott Criscolo. Always a pleasure. Uh, This month... We were wondering about breaking the fourth wall, or we were just thinking about going with the show tonight. But, as you know, my co-host and I, who of course I'll bring in in a moment, we are always very meticulous, very specific about our themes based on our months. Tonight we were going to go through alternate universes to decide the best wrestling weddings, and no we weren't. Um, But... (laughs) <laughs> my co-host would be like, huh? Kane and Lita? No. Um, uh, originally, we were going to do a uh, an episode uh, on a certain former UFC champion who was in negotiations to resign. <laughs> and we heard that on a piece of paper. And we went, off to the Phantom Zone you go. So that topic is now floating in a mirror. That hopefully Superman's spaceship doesn't break. Uh, Exactly. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, the thunder from down under, who is not the happiest camper after a week ago. But listen, his team had a wonderful season. They fell a couple of uh, misguided play calls short of a sixth Super Bowl championship. Good evening, Dave Hall. How are you? Uh, hi there, Scott. Hi to all our listeners. I am, I think I'm still in mourning after last week. It was so close, but so far, I, I am a very, very massive 49ers fan having to deal with the heartbreak of, an, of another Super Bowl loss. But that's not what we're here to talk about tonight. I'm, I'm also a massive fan of uh, of 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 wrestling weddings, but we're not here to talk about that tonight. <laughs> uh, you like that? We're going to rebook Katie Lita tonight. <laughs> uh, but no, it's um, I, I, it's really good to be back, everyone. Um, I, I'm excited to to once again go through the looking glass for another month. Uh, it, it really is uh, a lot of fun to do this, and uh, we're glad that you all are in, uh, joining us for these journeys. Uh, definitely not going into the twilight zone or the phantom zone today, uh, but we do have some uh, we do have some topics that I think will be interesting. So I think it's going to be a good episode. Uh, I think it's going to be a tremendous episode. Uh, well, we never do untremendous episodes, but I think we came up with some great. And I thank you, Dave, because you're the greatest. Um, we came up with uh, some good alternate grab bag topics. That's what we did this week. It's grab bag week, so we just took. Dave did a great job. We went through some of our research to find some um, 
some alternate topics that we hadn't jumped on yet. Um, and so they may be a little, although one of them does kind of fit with this month because, uh, it did start in a February back in, uh, 1989, which we'll uh, talk about. Um, but we do have three topics that we're going to get into tonight that I am uh, very excited about. Um, I love all three of these topics. Um, one of them, little Jim Crockett action. Uh, one of them, WWE and Jim Crockett, although not Jim Crockett, WCW, and then one WWE and TNA. But also, but but it's but it's journeys uh, that happened in the Prime Universe, but in our world as we travel through the Looking Glass, did not happen in other universes. Uh, so, Dave, my soothsayer, jump right in. Topic number one. What do you want to do? I think as you alluded, um, as we record this, um, we are two days away from the 35th anniversary of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's NWA World Championship victory over Ric Flair for his one and only World Heavyweight Championship run. And so I thought it would be fitting if uh, one of the ideas that we had, I thought it would be fitting to, to tie that in, that in is... Ricky Steamboat's title run, it basically lasted two and a half months. Very, you know, classic three-match series with Ric Flair. But the question has to be asked, Mm -hmm. what if Steamboat didn't lose the title back to Flair? What if Steamboat actually went on an extended world championship run? How might 1989 NWA and primarily the world title picture have looked if Steamboat was a longer-term champion. And so that's where we're going to start today. We're going to have a little bit of a look at uh, jumping down the hole of what if Steamboat retained his NWA title one in February and lost in May 1989. What if he retained that belt for the majority, if not all, of 1989? What would that have looked like? I think, it, I think this should be a very interesting episode. Uh, I think this is a great uh, theory. Uh, so what you're saying is uh, Ricky Steamboat wins the NWA World Heavyweight Championship from the Nature Boy Ric Flair at Chi-Town Rumble. Uh, uh, a great match of a great show. Uh, retains his title in my, and it's in my GWCW or GNWA top 100 list, Dave, my number one favorite match of all time, and that is uh, the two out of three falls at the Superdome in New Orleans at Clash of the Champions. Six, 51 minutes of pure, unadulterated wrestling perfection, in my personal opinion. Then we fast forward to May 7th of 1989 in Nashville for Wrestle War in the Prime Universe. Ric Flair regains the World Heavyweight Championship and begins a pretty damn awesome feud uh, with Terry Funk. Steamboat kind of goes and kind of bounces around and does some stuff for the next few years and wrestles until 1994 uh, when he uh, suffers an injury during an amazing feud with uh, stunning Steve Austin, if you remember, Dave, uh, for the United States title. Um, And then we don't see him wrestle again. I think. Was it 95 that he got hurt? Now I'm thinking about it. Was it 95 that he got hurt? It was 95. Oh, it was 94. Okay. I was trying to think. 
You're right, 94. Just as Hogan was coming in. Right. And then we don't see him again, as far as I know, until WrestleMania 25 when he wrestles uh, Chris Jericho as part of that three-way thing. And then I got to see him live the following month at Backlash 2009 up in Providence. But in our universe tonight, in an alternate, we're looking through the looking glass at another universe to where Ricky Steamboat wins the match at WrestleWar. Retains the title, wins the match, and retains the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship at WrestleWar. So, one thing we're going to say right off the bat, Dave and I both agree, Ricky Steamboat does not feud with Terry Funk. No, Do I, absolutely no. not. We're not. We're not just. We're not just replacing. Um, no. Uh, flair with Steamboat. In fact, no. what I, what I was thinking is the way the way you could actually operate, the way it could work, and to, to set up, to set up this scenario, mm-hmm. is that Steamboat retains the title. He and Flair shake hands after the match, as they did. Funk comes into the ring as he did. Basically, you can almost have the same scenario play out. You know, um, Jim Ross is in there interviewing Steamboat and Flair, and Funk keeps trying to interrupt and and you know maybe ask for a shot and whatever. And, and, and Flair sort of is as polite as he can be, sort of asking Funk to, to perhaps just leave them alone. And I think what happens here is Funk you know, maybe grabs a chair and wallops both Steamboat and Flair, but then he really takes the, the super payout on the Flair pile driving through. So we get that whole angle, the pile drive through the table, so yep. that the feud is still Flair and Funk, but the title's not on the line. So it keeps Ric Flair out of the title picture and gives him something else to do, but it allows um, and it allows that funk that, that classic series to continue. So Flair's got something to deal with for most of 1989, and it frees the world title picture up to be Steamboats. That's that's sort of I think how things might might have worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just and listen, we're talking Ricky Steamboat, okay? Only Sean Kidd would hate this topic. But it is obvious that um, it is obvious that Funk and Steamboat would have an amazing feud. That we know. Because it's Steamboat. He can wrestle anybody. As a matter of fact, Funk and Steamboat would actually wrestle in the back end of 89 uh, in a uh, in a match at the Clash. Yeah, at a Clash. The Clash immediately after, uh, the Clash of Champions immediately after Wrestle War. Correct. So they did wrestle. Um, and that's fine. But I feel like the Funk Steamboat thing did, wouldn't have the same kind of chemistry that Funk and Flair did. Funk and Flair, going back in the day, Flair was champion, obviously, late, you know, in the early 80s. And I think Funk had a couple of title shots when, um, you know, probably in Memphis or even in uh, uh, world class or maybe in Amarillo. Um, so there's a little kind of grizzled history there for flair and funk. So I, I feel like, and and you got to think, and you got to remember Dave, other than the great American bash, the title was never on the line. It was on the line once at the great American bash. When they wrestle at the clash, it New York knockout, the title is not on the line. So, I think the feud 
would be just as amazing without the world title. I think the world title is completely unnecessary. So there's no need for us. It's no need to just hand, uh, you know, hand it over to Steamboat and have the same feud. It doesn't have the same feel. So it makes perfect sense for uh, for Funk and Flair to stay together. So what we're going to book here is who, what's Steamboat going to do after this? Absolutely, and 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 that's the that's that's the fun of this. And I think the place to start is is the the, the clash of champions, the the next event after Wrestle War. I think it's absolutely vital that Steamboat has a a world title match, especially as Flair will be at home injured. Um, he needs to have a world title match that he can win cleanly and decisively. It needs to be as clean as a victory as there could ever be. So Correct. in order to do that, you need to find a, a contender, a worthy challenger, who can take a loss, who can probably give Steamboat a, a decent match and would be accepted in that role. And and I think, as, as much as it pains me to probably say this, when you look at the roster, there's a couple of guys I want to hold off from at the moment, but to give him a, a clean win in, our, in his first non-Flair title match, I think your first title match at this clash is probably going to be against someone like Mike Rotunda who had been television champion, you know, varsity club, all that sort of stuff going on. He's, he's you know, in the middle of starting to team up and do tag team work with, with Dr. Death and, and Kevin Sullivan. But I just think he holds, I think he would hold enough credibility having been television champion in that first part of the year to, um, to have a shot at the title and be accepted. It would have been great if, Barry Windham hadn't left the company by this point, but Barry Windham had, had had sort of he was gone by sort of late April, early May. So you can't draw on 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 him to be a challenger. And looking at who is available, I think Rotunda is really he's someone you can sacrifice to a clean victory for for Steamboat. Right. Uh, I, I I like that idea. Uh. Now we talk. You said we were talking the bash, the next pay per view. I'm talking about the Clash of Champions. Television. Okay, that Clash. Okay, so instead of the match gets up. Yeah, let's um. Yeah. Because yeah, because I'm looking at. So the next Clash, the 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 next Clash would take place. Um, it would be. So Wrestle War is in would be in May. This one is June fourteenth. It'd be in Fort Bragg. Uh again, Rotunda's in the varsity club, but I think that match is pointless. Uh Steamboat and Funk are in that match. Um What do you think? Here's option B. I would not have a problem with 
actually keeping uh, this match with Funk, this one match. Flair, I don't think is on this show. If I remember, let me take a look here. Uh, resting the injury. I'm yeah. Selling the- so he's out. We'll say he's off camera. So we're saying from May 7th at Wrestle War to June 14th, which is this show, Flair is out. Steamboat and Funk have a title match. Still have the, still have the main event. Have a title match. We begin the build of the, the group between Gary Hart, Terry Funk, Muda. Muda's not on this show, I don't think. Um, and Steamboat starts getting, you know, uh, Steamboat starts getting, you know, some unfair treatment, uh, you know, trying to get the title off of him. And just as Funk is about to win the title, uh, in comes Flair, uh, distracts Funk. And I know you want a clean win here. I still think it's a clean win. Because uh, Flair's not going to come in the ring because we don't want to DQ. But he's going to brawl with Muda. Funk's going to get distracted. I think Steamboat does his things. Because a clean, not having a clean win day would mean that the match ends in that moment. And I don't think so. I think Steamboat, we, they wrestle for a couple more minutes and eventually Steamboat gets the high cross body and, and wins the match. So the, I think the match is still clean. But I think you do see, because I don't mind Funk getting one match out of Steamboat. I don't mind one, but not an extended uh, feud out of it. Because I think Funk can build to a title match over the coming weeks on, on the syndicated television, on the weekend Cindy's. And Crockett decides, or, you know, whoever, whoever the 89 is it. Is it, I don't think it's Jim Hurd yet. I don't know who the hell's running things in 89. Um, Dusty, I suppose. Well, no, Dusty was gone by then. I'm trying to think now. Anyway, who is running it in 89? Where's the booker? But, All right, um, so. I don't think Hurd had, I don't know that Hurd had actually started up yet. He might no, I think Hurd came in in 90. I think Hurd came in in 90. So I think it's okay to do one title match with Funk at, at Clash, Okay. And uh, get Funk some heat, but then get but then Flair makes his big comeback after a, over a month gone from the pile driver, and then you you have the flunk the fair the flare flare flunk flunking the flare funk feud hits high gear. Well, then. Look, it, 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 no, sorry, I'll let you finish. No, no, no. Then, no, no, finish your point because I got I got another step for the next pay-per-view. So go ahead. Make your, no, see what you're going to say. Okay. Well, my issue, I, I, I certainly thought my original plans as I was thinking this out was to do the, the Funk match as it was. The only issue I have with um, Funk and Steamboat in this situation is because Steamboat has the belt, I, I just think Funk's first match back and he's about to go into the big feud with Flair. I don't want Funk losing a match by pinfall or submission before he has to face Flair 
because I just I just feel that it it just diminishes the impact he brings to the ring. I I I, I don't mind the idea of you know him going nuts and psycho and being disqualified or whatever, but then Steamboat doesn't get the clean win. So I was looking at my what do I what do I want to see in the match and I and I just felt giving Steamboat a clean victory first up was more important. And you could do funk in another match and he can go crazy and you can bring everyone out and all that in a in a in a separate match. You know, he could Okay. Okay. I like that theory. No, I, I, I I'm I'm okay with that. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. And, and it allows you to it just for me it allows I just wanted Steamboat to get some momentum to to have some okay. credibility because I do think moving forward from here with the level of credible challenges that are in the company at the time, I think that um, you're going to get a lot more. You, you've got to be open to a few more, you know, shenanigans, not clean finishes, maybe draws or double double situations in right. the following months to be able to carry a title reign on. So that's that's where I was. That's where my logic comes from. Okay. No, I, I, I like that. You're right. You're totally right. Having Funky to pin his first match is stupid. You're right. No, you're, you're totally right on that, now that I think about it. You, have, you, could have funk, you could have Funk face off against, oh, you know, you could have him face off against a, a Steve Williams or, you know, a Rick Steiner or, you know, even, even Sting. You could, have, you, could, you could do that same scenario with Sting. Um, and that still starts to tie everyone together because, as you said, Muda's not on the show, so it really it, it allows you to bring everyone together. And Steamboat could come out as a as another guy making the save, and um, yeah, you you could build that what the heat that you were building with with the post match shenanigans with Funk just a moment ago, I think would work against any opponent. Yes, no, you're you're right about that. How about because I have a feud, the feud that I that I want him in, I don't want to start now. How about um let me go back to here we go. Okay. I'm trying to look and see, is this guy on the card? The answer is he's not. How about Steamboat and a guy like Sid? I know the skyscrapers were a thing, but Maybe a guy like Sid. I I I've got Sid down for a little bit later in the year. Um, okay. I think that at this point, Sid Sid is just coming into the company. He and that they're they're doing the whole skyscrapers are starting to be built. I think it'd be too early to put Sid in a title match. Um, I do think that the trajectory that he seems to go on through the year, you could credibly put him in a match later, but I wouldn't have him in the match at this clash. Okay. Um all right. You know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna roll in on your Mike Rotunda. I think that's that's a fine title match. Mike Rotunda deserves a title match at some point, even if he doesn't win, it is Mike Rotunda. He's I, always I been it. I just think he's about the he's about he's a, 
He's someone you can have credible who can take the loss. Well, I mean, listen, you figure, Dave, he ha- he was the United States. Uh, he was the television champion literally for all of 1988. He won it in January, and he didn't lose it until Starcade. So he does kind of deserve it, I guess, in a roundabout, in a, in a roundabout sense. And he only lost it. He only really lost it to Sting a month or so earlier. So he'd been, right. he'd been the TV champ right up until, you know, just – just um, you know, a month or so before this event. Right. Let's put it this way: the guy that I ultimately and 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 correct if you know if you have a different opinion, the guy that I ultimately would love to see, um, Steamboat feud with throughout a decent hunk of '89, and I know it'll be sacrificing another great feud, but I would love to see Steamboat and Muda. That's where I'm heading. That's where that's yeah. where I think we're heading. Uh, I think I that's think what I that, want. Now look, we can we can we can talk it out now. I think that's your Starcade main event. Steve yeah, I agree. For the title at Starcade, that would how be awesome would that be? My main event at Starcade. Oh my God, how awesome would that match be? Holy crap! Which allows oh. me to still have his 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 match with Sting at at um, Great American Bash, and they can do the TV title controversy, and you can have, um, you know, so Muda can still have a lot of his 89 trajectory intact because he was building, he was up the unbeaten concept, and, you know, he didn't really lose the sting. So you can keep all that in place because it, it just keeps building the mystique of, of Muda through the year. So I think you can you can build to that. So that that's where I'm heading I'll, I'll, I'll spoiler it out now. That's where I'm heading for Starcade. That's that's what I believe is our Starcade main event. Uh, yes. Um, I just, oh. I guess for someone like Steamboat, you know, you want a guy that my God is going to be, um, like. Almost utterly even with him in a move for move scenario. And I think the WCW audience, you know, as we move ahead out of the Crockett era and into the, you know, kind of the official 89 um, uh, you know, the transition. I think that I think that a Steamboat Muda main event uh and you know and still have all the the you know cuz remember Starcade ends up having all that teaming stuff and I I just never liked that concept that concept just aggravated me uh, I think I would like to see Flair and Funk conclude their feud here at Starcade instead of the Clash. Yes. And do either the I Quit or Steel Cage or something here. The I Quit, the I quit at Starcade. I think yeah should always have been what what they did. So I think we're looking. I agree with you. I think we're looking at our Starcade uh, main event being Flair and Muda. The the the, the semi main is. Um, Sorry, Steamboat and Muda in the main event. 
Flair and Funk in the I Quit match as your semi-main. And Sting and Luger would face off in 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 a match, I think, yep. as the, uh, on the undercard. And that's going to lead me to oh, – we'll deal with that at the back end of, of this portion of the thing. So that's where I think we're headed. Yeah. Um, but we need to we need to transition the time period through the year to continue to build Steamboat's momentum towards Starcade. Right. So, so yeah. So, so coming so what do you think? out of that, <laughs> we're both going here. We're both going. I think yeah, you yeah, go guys. You go. All right. Well, we're we're getting we're getting fired up here because uh, I'm I'm fired up because you and I are on the same page for what could be a ridiculously amazing main events uh, for, for Starcade. So, so we look ahead to the bash. So the bash, um, would be Ricky steamboat. Now in the real bash steamboat and Luger have a match for Luger's U S title. Luger wins by DQ. I don't know how Luger would win. Today. I, I don't remember how that. I got to watch that match again. I don't remember how the hell Luger would win. I, I, just, I just had it on. I've, I've just been watching this. I've got the bash on in the background. Um, Luger, they, they weren't, they, the match was originally a no DQ match, and Luger refused to, to wrestle the match unless that stipulation was waived. And at the end of the match, the there's a small ref bump, or the ref gets distracted. Luger brings a chair into the ring, and Steamboat gets the chair off him. And wallops Luger with the chair as the referee turns around, gets disqualified, and then Steamboat chases him up the up the aisleway, trying to smash him with the chair. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that, that's what happened. My, yeah. my thought is this is the match. This is probably where I would hang on to a match that happened. Because the Steamboat Luger match and the series of matches they were having on the house shows was a really good match. And I think this allows you to facilitate the Luger heel turn um, by bringing this match into um, Great American Bash. Luger on television, he can, you know, he's the US champion, but basically you could do a scenario. It could be an interview or a post-match or whatever where he attacks Steamboat and he's standing over him going along the lines of, you took my spot. You took my place. I should be the world champion. I, I had Flair beat it back at Starcade. He weaseled out of that one. You came in. You took over. I softened him up. And, you know, you've taken what's mine and now I want it. And so you have the Steamboat Luger match. You know, they had a match at Bash. I think that's the match you can hold on to. And you can have not only for the world title, the US title not on the line, but, you know, Luger can do the whole. I'm the number one contender. I'm the US champ. I'm the automatic number one contender. I want my shot. And, and he and Steamboat would probably have a very good match. Mm-hmm. I think, I think they would. I mean, you know, it's Luger Luger in that, in this stretch was obviously quite well, Lugerish, but I think, uh, I think steamboat could get something. I think steamboat could get something out of them, obviously. And I think it's a good, I mean, it's steamboat. 
And, you know, if you're going to do a flare heel turn, Steamboat is the guy you would be able to turn it on because it's, you know, it's Steamboat. <laughs> He's never going to turn heel. You're not going to get fans to turn on him. Um, I think Muda and Sting could still work, could still wrestle. Um, I think that bash would still be an amazing show. You're still going to have, I think you would still do Flair Funk in the main event because it's, you know, their first match of the feud. You obviously don't have to, you know, it's not the world title and I wouldn't have it last. Or would you have it last? Would you do Luger Steamboat in the main event? I, I think I would because I'm just a, I'm just a traditionalist and I hate seeing a world title not on the, not on the main car and, you know, not the last match. I agree. But, I, I would. I know that the, Flair Funk match will probably outshine it, and and Steamboat will Luger might be seen as a small letdown, but I think it would force them to up their game a little bit and really go all out to try and match it. You know the old NWA attitude of pop that I'm going to try my best, um, unlike the WWF Hogan attitude of um, gee I don't want I can't top that so I'll just um, you know phone it in. Um, so I, I would have the Steamboat Luger match on last. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's certainly going to be on the back of, of a five-star classic. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that Luger, that Luger, uh, I think Luger Steamboat would end up actually not being that bad. I think, I think Luger would realize, listen, I got to, you know, this is a guy that I could learn from as much as Luger, you know, is a stubborn, you know, meathead. Uh, I think he would. I think he would learn to settle in uh, to a good match with him. And uh, and I think that um, I think that it would be a great precursor into what would be a great main event of uh, a Funkin and a Funkin flare in the middle leading up to 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 Luger and. Uh, and Steamboat in the main event. I, I think that that's a perfect bash. I think that'd be, I think the rest of this card is solid. I still, I think Muda Sting could still be a feud. You'd obviously change it up and you wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't have uh, uh, Muda win the tournament for the TV title because you don't want Muda to have a belt. Um, Sting would win the tournament, be the television champion. Then we would go to uh, the next, uh, Clash, which would be Clash 8, which would be, uh, I guess that would be what? Uh, it's um, fall, fall, fall Brawl 89, September 12th. It'd be building up to the first ever Halloween Havoc. Um, now, now, this is where I think you could sneak in your Funk Steamboat title match okay this is where you could sneak it in you can have a schmoz finish um you can have all the players hit the ring your 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 flares your mooters everyone could hit the ring at the end of at the end of this this match in an effort to build to your halloween havoc uh pay-per-view main events so th this is where I think, yeah, I think you could sneak your Funk match in here. Funk sort of 
you know, he might have lost the flair, but you know, we we know he's they've had the the big ball. They're going to build to a future rematch. But Funk could come on TV with the old "I took flair to the limit. I want a title shot." And Steamboat's still annoyed that as part of the you know, attack earlier in the year, he was he was assaulted, and he's a, a man of fair play, and he's not going to turn down the challenge. Uh, it could be that simple. Yep. Nope, I I, I agree with that. Uh, Luger, I think you Luger, you know, he gets that one match. I think he eventually does win the U.S. title. Whoever has it before that. Sting, uh, what would you do now if you put Steamboat and Funk? What would you do with like Flair? The Clash, the Clash, the Clash of Champions main event ended up being Sting and Flair against Muda and Dick Slater. And during now, Dick Slater, yep. What they did, the storyline was supposed to be Muda and Funk. And this is when they did the whole Funk put the plastic bag over Flair's head and he got suspended um, and so he wasn't in that match. So they just that way they weren't giving away the same tag match in, in consecutive, you know, show main events. So it was just a bit of a work and a play around to, to hold off the, the Flair-Funk rivalry. There's no reason why you can't have the Sting... Flair versus Funk and Slater match as it went. That can still be there. Right. Um, Steamboat and and uh, and Funk have their match. And now we move ahead to Halloween Havoc, the first one ever uh, in Philly. A WCW, ba- a, a WWF Bastion. Um, now the main event here was the Thunderdome match with uh, Bruno Steamboat. I don't even think's on this show. Uh, he left the company uh, by now. Yeah, by now he left the company. He bounced around the Indies, and of course he would show up in WWF two years later. Um, well, obviously in our world, Steamboat is still here. Um. What do you think for this one? What do you think for this pay-per-view? When I look at this pay-per-view, this to me is the one, the the, the main event match they did in in the real world of of Sting, Flair versus Muda Funk, and the outcome of the match to me is the one miss they did in the whole storyline through the year because they had Funk, uh, they had Flair and, and... um, Sting win, and yet you've still got the I Quit match coming up later on. What I would suggest is I would suggest we replace Sting with Steamboat into this main event, but in the match, Muta gets the pinfall victory over Steamboat win the match. I, I, I'm suggesting you could do something like like this is the match where Ollie Anderson's in it as yep. well. And maybe Oli we get some form of accidental impact. Oli's up on the apron, you know, he's battling with Gary Hart and Muda comes over and Steamboat comes over and Oli goes to clock Muda and Muda ducks and he wallops. He gets a shot in on accidentally on Steamboat. Steamboat goes down Muda hits the, the moonsault and gets a three count. 
and Muda holds a pinfall victory over our world champion, which sets you up for a journey to Starcade. Correct. And it allows Funk to come back at Flair with, I've got a victory over you, which then opens your door to the build-up to an I Quit match as their, as their final encounter. Right. I like that. I like that. I feel like the build, I think we're doing a nice job that Steamboat throughout this whole run has gotten, uh, we've had a variety of opponents, a variety of matches, different kinds of matches, different kinds of opponents. Um, I think not as good, obviously, as, you know, better than what they did to him in the WWF, because obviously WWF book thought, booked things differently back then and throughout most of the rest of the next 20 years. Um, this was an opportunity in the grand scheme of things to showcase that Steamboat is that damn good of a worker and all of these different kinds of wrestlers. You know, he's had to wrestle a guy like Funk and then a guy like Luger and a guy like, you know, like all these different kind of ground and pound guys. We are building. And I think that's where WCW at this time needed to get the ball rolling on the build and the marketing to a match of all proportions of all time where we see a guy, you know, two of arguably the best in the world at that moment, Ricky Steamboat. And then you have Muda and you know, you build that all through the year with different opponents and different talents and different strengths. And Steamboat could go down as arguably one of the greatest NWA champions of all time. As it is, I think he is anyway, but this would really be something to, could go to down honestly as witness. Title reigns of all time. Exactly. All the variety. You've done an awesome job, Dave, as we're building to this. And instead of that ridiculously abysmal Iron Man, whatever the hell that mess was, I love Future Shock. That's a good title. You build it up. You have all these guys. You change up the card because pretty much you have eight guys wrestling. I don't know if that's because they were broke. And then you have this amazing, amazing match. At Starcade in the Omni in Atlanta of Ricky Steamboat defending the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship against the Great Muda. And you make this match 47 minutes. I don't care what you do. You give them a blank canvas and just look at the two of them and go paint it. Reigns are off, guys. I'm giving you 40 minutes. Give Muda the canvas to be that good, to be great. And, I, and I'm going to go you one step further. Give Muda the title. End the reign in the main event. Absolutely. You give wow. Muda the title here. 
you you solidify him. I mean, he was already. I mean, he 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 came out of his run in the NWA as as considered one of the best in the world. He goes back to Japan and and does what he does. But you give him the title here, he's he's a made man. And I say you give him the title here because I still believe the company's desire is to get the belt on Sting at some point. And so by putting the, the title on Muta at Starcade, you can then build up to the Sting-Muta rematch. Mm-hmm. It's for the world title. And you can have Sting beat the guy who beat Steamboat in the Classic to launch his first title reign. Yep. Wow. And then I think you make 1990 a better year for WCW than originally planned. You know, and WWF in 1990 is uh, up and down. It's turkey jerky. Of course, you have the amazing main event at WrestleMania 6. But of course, the summer of 90 is not top of the line quality. But you build. I know it was supposed to be. Let me ask you this: as we look ahead, not to switch gears, because we were talking Steamboat. But do you do Muda? Do you do Muda and Sting at the Bash? Oh, at the Bash. Yeah. At. Uh, oh yeah. You, you think about you think about the the concept of the Great American Bash. Here is Great Muda, the the evil Japanese foreigner who everyone loved anyway. But Sting beating the evil foreign menace who is holding our world title hostage um, at the Great American Bash, decked out in his red, white, and blue face paint. I think the um, I think it would have a a much more significant meaning. I think you could you could probably draw out allow Muda to have a yeah because Muda's going to need yeah Flair Steamboat's going to want to rematch. Um, before you even start building towards Sting. And you might even throw in there a match against Flair before he goes full heel again and and has the horseman by his side. You might even throw in a Muda Flair title match defense in like, you know, early, you know, one of those early pay-per-views, Wrestle War or, or whatever, just to give Muda a couple of um, solid title title victories and then building up to the uh, the Sting match. You know, it's funny. We, we give Muda a better match at Starcade than he ended up doing because he gets shut out of the Iron Man tournament. <laughs> I know. It's Which is so, so much BS. But poor, you know, Luger's got to have 35 points, God forbid. Um, I like our universe better. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so we talk about this title reign that starts in February, defeating one of the greatest of all time. And then ending in November at Starcade against also one of the greatest of all time. And in between, we've got such a ridiculous canvas of all over the place talent of varying style degrees. 
You know, you've got Mike Rotunda, who's a solid ground pound guy. Give you a great match if he, you know, nothing offensive. You go to uh, Funk, who's, uh, not Funk, who do we say? Sid, who's, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It was Luger at the bash. My bad. Luger at the bash. Big and burly, you know, big, meaty, meaty, slappy, meaty. But a guy Steamboat could 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 dance with, and you could still get three and a quarter stars unoffensively. Then you fold up into funk, you get into the, the, the Gary Hart stuff, and then you get into Muda. And, and, and I was could, and I was saying I was saying Steamboat was gonna win, but you having Muda win, I think is even better. Yeah. And in between all that, you're going to probably have some couple of TV title matches. This is when you you get things like a, a victory over Sid and a victory over Dan Spivey and a victory over, you know, whoever. You, you've got you can do those sorts of things on on television um, throughout the year and and really present Steamboat as the fighting champion. Very yeah. similar to sort of Bret Hart in, in sort of '92 '93, the take on yep. all comers. Yep. Yeah, I, I just thought. You know, look, you could have Steamboat hold the title, but I just feel that if you, if in the long run you're wanting to get the, you're wanting to head in the direction of putting Sting in the top spot, which we know that's where the company was going long term, then the belt's got to come off Steamboat at some point. I think Muda would have been the perfect guy to take it off him. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. And again, I think it would it would make. I mean, I I for me, 1989 is one of the best years of in wrestling history to begin with. We just made it like a hundred times better. Uh, <laughs> um, so there is a part one of our little grab bag tonight, rebooking 1989 JCP slash WCW with Ricky Steamboat in an extended, amazing world title run from. Chi-Town Rumble in February to Starcade in November. And maybe you keep Steamboat around and he doesn't leave. And then he, we don't get the deplorable dragon run in 91 where we pretend he'd ever existed. Yeah. Fucking stupid Vince. Um, all right. Scenario number two, Dave. Set us up. All right. Well, on the uh, on the journey of what would have happened if if one decision was changed. As we shared our original thought process, we were looking at some concepts related to people maybe staying with the WWF longer than they originally did. And that, that led me to think about some other wrestlers who have left the WWE and WWF at various points of their career and what might have happened if they had not left the company. And I think one of the ones that really stands out to me very famous one is in August of 1994 when none other than one of the greatest we just talked about we just talked about one of the greatest in-ring performers ever Mickey Steamboat a man who is also considered one of the greatest ever Randy Savage in August of 94 left the WWF for the past years of world championship wrestling mainly because Vince McMahon didn't want to use him in ring as much anymore, wanted him to more, be more of the commentator. But what might have happened if Vince 
agreed that Steamboat, that, that Savage still had a lot to give in the ring? What if, what if Vince was willing to give Savage a bit more of a run in ring and therefore have this legend remain in the company at the back end of 1994 and heading into 95? What might Savage's run in the WWF have looked like uh, if he had not left the WCW? Um, I specifically, when we were go, when we were throwing topics around, um, I, I specifically wanted us to do this one because I'd like to think about if, if Savage was respected still by Vince and the bookers to be in the main event. I don't want Savage, because we have to, in my opinion, Dave, we have to do this. I don't want Savage to stick around in WCW, in WCW, to stick around in the WWF and not go to WCW just to have mid-card gimmicky crap. No, no this, is, this, is about, this is about the recognition that Savage is going to be an in-ring competitor. And I think in 94, at the state, 94 leading to 95, where the company was at, I think he needs to be at, at the top of the card. I don't think they, they needed someone. What we've all, I mean, Everett, we've, we've had multiple podcasts on how crap WWF was in 95 yep. and how poor the roster was. Yep. If you've got a guy, a legend like Savage, who proved in World Championship Wrestling, proved he could still go. He was still a draw and could still run at the top of the card. He proved that he could still do it in ring. How could that have looked if he'd stayed with the company that he should never have left, that made him who he was? So, yes, I agree. We, we want to see him in prominent roles and near the top of the card. So I guess that begs the question... If Savage is hanging around, do we have a Diesel world title run? Uh, yes, I do. I do still think Diesel's champion because I think Vince still wanted that big powerhouse Hogany baby face. I think that was I think that was still a thing in Vince's mind. So, my personal opinion, I still think Diesel becomes. I do. Okay, so how do we use Savage if Diesel is going to be at the top of the card? I hate to do this to him because I love him to death. But you have Savage win the Royal Rumble instead of Sean. I like that. Sean... Still a heel. Perhaps pissed off that he we'd get rid of we forget Jarrett. Let's do that. Forget Jarrett for a moment. Keep him at the bottom of the card. And one year later, we get a WrestleMania rematch for the Intercontinental title between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon 
instead of at SummerSlam. We have Diesel and Savage for the world title and keep the rest of the car the same. You do Bigelow LT because that's in stone. You still do Brett and um, Backlund. Back yeah. That's, Who else did you get Brett? Do you get Brett, uh, Jared, then? Oh, look, I think we, we, we've had these these conversations before. You can have the Brett Owen rematch. Yeah. You know, there's all sorts of things. But like you said, we're focusing on Savage at the moment. So we, we don't want to go down too many uh, too many paths. But I, I think I, I agree with you. I think Savage winning the Rumble is, is the starting point. Um, I would have everything that happened at the back end of 94 happens the way it is. And at this point, I would even suggest what you've got is when Backlund beats Bret Hart at Survivor Series, Savage is on commentary, and Savage, when the ref rings the bell and ends the match, Backlund's holding on to that pole, the chicken wing, and Savage is the one who goes into the ring and sort of tends to, like, helps force the break up, the break of the hold. He's tending to Bret after the match. Savage is sort of you're getting that inkling that Savage isn't just going to sit behind the desk anymore. It's still have Diesel win the title from Backland at um, uh, at Madison Square Garden. But it's over this period of time where Savage sort of says, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting back in the ring. I'm not putting up with any of this stuff anymore. Guys like Backland have gone too far. I'm I'm getting in the ring because this company needs someone they can look up to. He's the hero. He's he's stepping into the hero role, and he makes sort of looks at making that return into the rumble. As you said, gets a good good draw of the. He doesn't you know he could he could be the one who eliminates Michaels at the end. Michaels could still start at one if you want to make Michaels look good, but Savage comes in. Tosses Michaels wins the wins the main event of the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. and then and then the build because we know that in '95 the company were were absolutely on board with the idea of good guys wrestling good guys. It happened. Diesel wrestled Brett at the Rumble, as you said. Michaels wrestled Ramon at SummerSlam. Why not? Diesel versus Savage at WrestleMania. The 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 legend of the ring, the, the man, yeah, you know, they could build it up. He's he's made the comeback to do this. He's shocked the world by winning the, the rumble. Um can he continue the ride? Can he can he continue what everyone you, know, you can play up the age factor. He's this guy who is a bit older. Can he you know, can he? Does he still have it? Can he go with the likes of Diesel, or is Diesel too big for him? And you end up at at WrestleMania, one on one. Who wins? Does Savage get the title? Does Savage re- regain the title, or does Diesel hold on to it? Hmm. Hmm. I asked the que- I asked this question. 
I think it was evident very early on that the fans were not accepting Diesel as the champion. I think it was evident early on that you could argue Vince might have a reaction moment and do a switch of the belt and put it on Savage. I I do like that theory. I while we were talking while you were going, Dave, I had two other theories pop in my head. This is the first time that we've actually gone to second and third universes. What if we decide in the flip? Because I said, oh, he has to. Vince has to have Diesel win. But as you were talking, I'm thinking to myself, maybe not. What if Diesel? isn't red hot to become champion. Vince is loyal to his guy that's been there for nine years. And at Madison Square Garden, Randy Savage defeats Bob Backlund to become the World Wrestling Federation champion. And then, Dave... You split the universes in half, or not split in half. You go two different routes, and you either have Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart win the Royal Rumble. And then, at WrestleMania 11, you either have Randy Savage versus Shawn Michaels or Randy Savage versus Bret Hart. I, I like it. I like it very. It was, it's one of the ideas I had. I, I've got my two or three options here as well. Was what if Savage, instead of putting the belt on Diesel, he puts it on Savage? He recognizes I need a draw, and Savage is a proven draw. He's been at the top before, and I can rely on him. And so he puts the belt. He does the switch. Puts the belt on Savage. Um, because as I said, Savage tends to, he's the one that breaks the hold at Survivor Series. He tends to Bret Hart in the wing. So he wins the title at Madison Square Garden. And then at Royal Rumble, you have Savage versus Bret for the title, with Sean winning the Rumble. And then you have Savage versus Sean at WrestleMania. So you're going back to back in ring classics. Uh, at that point. And you could keep Diesel as a heel. He and Sean could patch things up. You can you could have Diesel go babyface later in the year. And then coming out of WrestleMania, Savage could fight Diesel at the first in your house. Okay. I like that idea. And, and maybe that's where that's where you have Diesel and Sean completely fall apart so that you build to Diesel Sean at SummerSlam in their feud match while while Savage continues the journey of world champion. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think at some point, 
I think you have to have Savage, if he's going to be champion, and carry that winged eagle proudly. I think you have him face the best of the best. And I think eventually at some point, whether it's SummerSlam, or even if he holds it all the way to Survivor Series, I think he needs to wrestle Taker, too. Oh, you, you could have, you could have, yeah, oh, I mean, you, you got this, let, let, let me lay it out, how about, how about we lay it out, yeah, Savage goes, I'm going to take on the best of the best, and so, at King of the Ring, maybe he wrestles Owen Hart, after, uh, after having beaten Sean and Diesel, and they start their thing at King of the Ring, he faces Owen, at the next Clash of Champions, uh, Clash of Champions, I'm still in steamboat mode. At the next in your house, <laughs> at the next in your house, yep. he could beat he could beat Jeff Jarrett. I mean, he could have a good match with Jarrett, and then at sure Summer, and then at Summer Slam, put him in the ring with Taker, have him beat Taker, and then you could build to um, the end of the year. When you put the belt, you could put the belt back on. Well, you've got two options here. Do you put the belt back on Brett in the build-up towards the Shawn Michaels title run the following year? Because we know Shawn is probably going to gain his momentum to get there. Or do you keep the belt on Savage all the way through? And so you could do Survivor Series is the Undertaker. And so you've got this year where he's wrestling. Brett, Sean, Diesel, Owen Hart, Jeff Jarrett, building up, goes through The Undertaker in the build-up towards Shawn Michaels' ascension. Yep. Yeah, totally. Because obviously, and I think Savage would be fine with it, if he's able to be on top, I think Savage would be fine putting over you know, putting over the 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 talent that's going to be there longer than him. Mm. You go into 1996. And maybe at that point you kind of turn Savage heel. Well, you, you could you could. Hint at it. You could ha- you could keep him predominantly babyface, but almost have him in a tweener role because as Sean probably you're going to turn him babyface at some point. Maybe maybe the, the the switch with Diesel. Maybe it's Diesel turns on Sean and Sean becomes babyface then, and Diesel stays heel. Because I always thought Diesel made a better heel than he did babyface. Um, oh, totally. We all know that. <laughs> you build up, and so Sean wins the Rumble in '96 with the whole my story. You can you can do the whole concussion thing at the end of the year like they did, and you can build this the the the, the trying to finish his story, and mm-hmm. he wins the Rumble, and the interviews become I want I'm gonna I'm gonna finish the story I'm gonna close the story, and and Randy Savage is like, no, you're you're trying to take this away from me. I'm I'm not gonna you know I'm I'm not just gonna roll over for you. I've been champion now for over a year. I beat you last year at WrestleMania. I will beat you again. I I, I taught you a lesson last year. So you could have Savage start to lean into 
heel tendencies but still be the baby face, like tween a baby face role, so that at Mania he wrestles the match in his heel style. Aggressive, clotheslines off the top rope, drape Sean over the barricade, all that sort of old school classic Randy Savage heel stuff. But when Sean beats him, not in an Iron Man match, but when he beats him with maybe a super kick out of nowhere, Savage stands up, puts the hand out, shakes his hand in that manner of, you're the man now. I crown you the champion. Mm-hmm. And passes the torch. I'm good with that. And then we get into like nine, you know, and then Savage could kind of bounce around, wrestle some other guys as we as we go through. We won't go too deep in the weeds. We just wanted to at least see what would happen over a year of 1995 and 96. The question I have here, and this might be one, Dave, that's uh, the reason I don't want to get into it too deep is because I think it could be for another another full episode. How deep into the Attitude Era would Savage stay around? Look, I, I think if you've given him that run, I think that's when you could then move him into that that role that a lot of the legends seem to play these days. Makes the occasional appearance on pay-per-view, you build up to those special appearances. Like, you know, you could have Savage... You know, be, you know, as you move through sort of 96 and into 97, Savage could be one of the guys that is working with Stone Cold against the Hart Foundation. He could be he could be one of the guys that helps facilitate Mick Foley's baby face turn and, and, and works with Foley. You could have him, you know, when... And and because he's so good as a heel, can you imagine? Oh, look, I mean, I'm just I'm just I'm really going far ahead. '98, it's Randy Savage who becomes Vince McMahon's corporate champion because he's been the champion on and off. He's been the man McMahon always turns to. So who does Steve Austin run into first as 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 his first challenger as the heavyweight champion in the height of the Attitude Era? Randy Savage, the man who's been with Vince since 87, 86, and wants to, you know, he, that, can you imagine Savage and, and um, Austin in the Attitude Era? They would have some oh my God. I would probably, this is what I would do, though. I probably would wait it out a, a few months because if there's any venue that year in 1998 that I would want to see, Steve Austin versus Randy Savage for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. It's August 30th at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. That, that, that place would go batshit. Because you'd have Steve, who's... Because then you kind of have a split. You, I mean, yeah, you have Steve. Everybody loves Steve. But kind of heel, nutso, kind of insane corporate savage obsessed with going back to the way it used to be yeah obsessed because mcmahon's obsessed because no one else has been able to get it done so he brings savage back who's been off screen for a while 
yeah. maybe having Savage for, for, for a few months that brings him back to, to do that would be, oh, at Madison Square Garden, yeah. they would tear the place down. It'd be amazing. Yes, that's how it goes. He sticks around. Builds himself up, beats the hell out of guys like Foley. Like you said, builds Foley up and then fucking turn like the night after Mania turns on him. Oh yeah. And and Foley just beats the tar gets the tar beat out of him. You know. Maybe Savage smooths over. And this is another thing we never talked about. And I don't want to go too deep. We want to do one more uh we want to do one more scenario tonight, but maybe Savage in and in WWF in 97, maybe he facilitates the Sean, Brett, Montreal thing. Savage sticks around, tries to play peacemaker and go, let's talk about this, guys. Because Savage, as much as he's a whack job, I think Savage would, would, would be the office guy and go, look, this whole, you know, I think he would tell Vince, the screw job thing is a fucking terrible idea. Let me talk to. Or you have Savage beat Brett in Montreal. <laughs> okay. And maybe Brett would be all right with it. I'll then get, in I'll December. Put, put him in. At, put, you put Savage in as make it a three-way match so that Brett's willing right. to drop the belt. And then in December at the In Your House DX. Then you have Sean beat him. Hmm. Yeah. All sorts of fun. Oh my God. All right. We just came up with a new, a new, uh, <laughs> we came up with a new topic for later in the year. Savage in the attitude arrow. Cause we could go down a deep rabbit hole with Savage sticking around in WWF. I do think eventually maybe he goes to WCW. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But. We just wanted to see at least how Savage would stick around in, in at least 95 when he would have really would have been needed. And then we can, we can, or like, and this would be another part, Dave, for another episode. Savage does leave in 94, realizes after two years that being Hogan's bitch is not what I signed up for. And remember the big rumor that he was supposed to come back at Survivor Series 96 at the Garden? That was he was that shadow that ended up being Jimmy Snuka. Remember that? Yep. Maybe he does come back at Survivor Series '96, but that's another episode from the day. We just wanted to, to see what Savage's, um, at least sticking around for another year would be or two in the WWF to see how different, uh. The WWF would be in 1995. How we can make it different because it's not crap. <laughs> I just love that thinking, Dave, of Savage and uh, either Brett or Sean at WrestleMania. Yeah, I just love the look. I love the feel of that. And then Savage Taker. Now the Taker is a little more prime than maybe when Savage was there in 91, 92. Taker's a few years older, a few years wiser, more comfortable with the character. Son of a bitch. Wow. I'm excited now, Dave, about our a future episode of Savage in the Attitude Era. I like that. I'm actually kind of excited about that now. Yeah. But we do have one more, guys. We do have guys and gals. We have one more scenario to discuss this evening. 
This one's a tricky one. I, I we talked about it, and I, I chose when when you threw some options at me, Dave. I wanted to do this one because I knew this one was not going to be easy, and I didn't want an easy one. I wanted us to really chew on it. So, set us up for the, our last one of the night. All right. So our last little scenario, John, our last snippet is another guy who left the WWF, uh, perhaps not under the greatest of circumstances. And, and spent a long period of time in another company. And when he finally returned to the WWE to end his career, uh, was really, it was, it, it was past time. It was past his prime. And unfortunately, he was a shell of his former self. Correct. So when I ask the question, what if Kurt Angle didn't leave WWE in 2006? So just to create the scenario, we know that in 2006, Kurt was starting to have some issues. He'd been, he'd been put into the ECW roster, but we know backstage, uh, uh, we know he was struggling with some painkillers and with some of his injuries. And the talk is that he went and, and had a, the, and, and Kurt's talked about having a meeting with Vince and sort of, Vince wanted him to go to rehab and Kurt didn't want to. Kurt felt he was being misused and disrespected and he ended up quitting the company and going off to TNA. But what if what if Vince was able to, to have a really good conversation and, and the decision was, Kurt, let's give you some time off. Take some time off. Go to rehab for a little bit, but let's give you an extended break to recover from the nagging injuries so that you can come back fresh and ready to go. And so instead of leaving the company in August 2006, Kurt takes some time off, goes to rehab, gets some physical rehabilitation, refreshes himself so that he's ready to return and stays with the company. How might things have been different? What might Kurt Angle staying at WWE have looked like Late 06 into 07, maybe beyond that, who knows how far. Probably won't get that far down the track, but but where does it stand? How, how do you feel about Kurt, um, Kurt leaving and Kurt staying? I think a lot of us... I really feel, because I feel the early 2006 Kurt Angle, he was one of the... He was just... Absolutely phenomenal. In ring, I think he'd really found his niche in the company. He really was stepping up his game and was really, in my opinion, one of the top guys in the company. Um, and sadly, he left. So, sorry, I, I interrupted you there, Scott. Go for it. No, no, no. I Yeah, no, 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 that's okay. Uh, I, I was curious for what you were going to say because I wanted to... So the last match... If I read this right, the last match in Kurt Angle's run it was at Vengeance. I'm pretty sure Vengeance 06, where he uh, loses to Kurt Angle. I don't believe... Kurt Angle loses to Kurt Angle? I mean, uh, to Randy Orton. <laughs> I mean, our universes are really wonky sometimes. No. Um, yeah, he's he leaves 
Um, his last match is at Vengeance 06. He loses to Randy Orton. And uh, then, of course, he's gone and he will not go to rehab. And he comes back. Uh, he makes his debut at Bound for Glory. So let's say he stays. I don't think he would stay in ECW. Maybe he would. Nah, I have a feeling that if he stuck around, he'd be there for a little bit. And then... Probably go back to one of the main brands. Uh, Batista's hurt. He does kind of come back by the end of the summer. Um, would you keep him on? Would you let me ask you this then, Dave? Let's let's start with the beginning step here. Would you keep him in ECW? Would he be happy in ECW? Or would you put him on one of the two brands? I, I wouldn't keep him in ECW. I I would I would get him out of there. So I would take him off TV. I would have him uh, take some time off. Uh, as I said, he needs to go to rehab. He needs to refresh. He needs a few months off. I would keep him off TV until and and then your argument is how long do you keep him off TV? You could bring him back at Survivor Series, which is sort of November. But I think by that point. You'd almost be better off holding him and having him come in as a surprise entrant into the Royal Rumble. I would have him come back at the Royal Rumble as a surprise entrant. Fully fit. He's been off for, what, five months? Right. At that point. So he's had five months to get clean, to recover, to be fully refreshed. He makes his return at the Royal Rumble. It could be middle of a, middle of a match. It could be... Later on, I wouldn't have him in too early, but he appears. Can you imagine the crowd reaction? The music starts, and at the back end of his run, while they were chanting, you suck, we know it was all playing into the music, and Kurt would start pointing at the ring and telling his opponent they suck instead and all that sort of jazz. I would have Kurt hit the ring and go absolutely crazy, belly to bellying people out of the ring, uh, angle slamming people out of the ring, I would have him go on an absolute tear and I'd go one step further, I would have him win the match. I would have him come back at the Rumble and win the match. So yep. that he I would too. Then, and then he then gets to choose where he's going. He's left ECW, he's just won the thing. I can choose, am I going to go for the SmackDown or the Raw champion? He's got the choice. And that's how you get him on the brand that you want him to be on. So would you do would you do Cena Kurt, which we just did at the back end of 05, which began Cena's <laughs> boo run? Or would you do Cena Batista? Not uh, Cena Batista. Kurt Batista. Well, I guess it comes down to whether you want to keep Undertaker Batista in the in the match. I I, I love that I, match too. 
I would love to see Kurt and Batista go at it. I really would. It's one match we never really got. Um, as you said, Cena had already, uh, Kurt had already had a couple of matches against Cena. Um, but you could go one of two ways here because you could go, Kurt's got unfinished business business with John Cena. Um, he was never able to beat him before, but now he, he's come back. He's, he's rehabbed. You know, I'm 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 a You know, the crowd are going to boo John Cena anyway, right? And here, here you've got a babyface Kurt making his comeback. With the crowd would be behind him like nothing else. If you put him in the ring against Batista, I think you split the crowd because Batista was. I I I I believe it to this day. Batista was so over. Even that Undertaker Batista match, the crowd, they were they were they weren't booing Batista. They were behind both guys. And right. you could get that you could get that with Kurt. But I think you could you could play into it. I think the other thing is Batista's just come back from that long spell. Oh well, he ends up losing. I was gonna say, do you want him losing to Kurt? But he lost to Undertaker anyway. So he's um, right. you, you could go it really comes down to who you want. Um, which way you want to go. I would love to see Bert and Batista go at it. I think they could have an absolute barnstormer of a match. We've never had it before. Yes. Um, and I think for this universe, um, you know, look, I, I originally was thinking I'd have him just beat Cena. Uh, but I think in this universe, I would love to have him beat Batista have a rematch with Batista, and then can you imagine him having a series of matches with Taker? You know, yeah. Well, listen, I, I love that idea because one of the most unheralded matches that I'll ever love, and it's on my GWWE list, was Taker and Kurt at No Way Out 06. Because that match is weird. Because the first five minutes of that match, I remember going, Ooh, I don't think this is going to go very well. And then something happened at the five-minute mark, and the next, like, 22 minutes is pure gold. Like, they figured out how to fit together Taker and Kurt. And that No Way Out 06 match is a, is a gem. Let me ask you this. Kurt, you know, eventually lose. Let's say he beats Batista. At WrestleMania 23. They have a couple of matches. And he eventually drops the belt. Back to Batista or somebody. I hate to bring this. Up in another universe. Because another universe is where we want it not, to not happen. But let's just say for discussion's sake. The Benoit stuff happens. In this universe. Instead of. Johnny Nitro or John Morrison. What about CM Punk and Kurt Angle for the ECW title at Night of Champions 07? As a match, it would be phenomenal. Um, but personally, I wouldn't want to send Kurt back to ECW. I think, I, I think, I think if you've given Kurt that time off, I think you can look at an extended run with the title. 
I think he okay. could go. I think he could go on a tear. I think he could go on on a on a much extended run. And you could do, you could do Punk versus Angle later in the year as a ECW SmackDown joint promotion match because uh, they started to do that sort of thing later in the year. But I think I feel that if I think in this situation, Kurt, when he makes his comeback here, refreshed and ready, I, I really think you, you've you got to back into the hill. I think you're looking at a super extended run, not a not a two-month run or a three-month run and give it to someone else. There's one thing that, that, that Kurt never really got. It was the long-term title run. And I think... I think 06, 07 would be the perfect time to do that because you've got a, a lot of guys who were at that time were given runs for the sake of giving a guy a run. They right. didn't necessarily need it. You've got your, your Batista and your, and your Taker and your Edge and your Ortons all getting little title runs here and there. But can you imagine if Kurt goes on a tear and he beats Batista, then he beats Undertaker, then he beats Edge, then he beats Orton, then he beats Triple H. Mm. He beats JBL. He, you know, the, the following year, you know, he's – at the same time, he could have the matches against the young up-and-comers, the MVPs, the Mr. Kennedys. The, you could just have him build over the year and, and almost I get the feeling like you could – you could start this run and then you start to bring the idea of, well, who could beat Kurt? Kurt's the wrestling machine now. He, he's, he's, all the weaknesses he's had are now gone. He's injury free. There is no one better than him in the ring. And that's when you can start building at guys like your CM Punks in, you know, if you, you hit the belt on, on uh, Kurt through 06, 07, then you get into 08 and 09, you can be doing things like, can anyone beat him? Right. And then you're, then you're able to start to draw in on the, on the do, we, do we need to rely on the new wave of guys? Does someone have to be, you know, is, is the rookie gonna, going to be a, a chance to do it? You know? Look, I mean, there's so many guys over the course of the next couple of years that that get shots and have runs and and, and whatever. But I think Kurt could Kurt could go on that you know two to three year tear, allowing you to build someone up underneath to have that classic that one classic match at, at WrestleMania where where Bro- and because Kurt's so good. He could start a, a long-term run as a babyface, and you could morph him into a heel midway through sure. it. You know, sure, Because I am the greatest. I am the best. No one can beat me. And then the arrogance comes out. Then you can have arrogant Kurt for a little while. I think that if Kurt's going to stick around – and if Vince is going to obviously pay for his um, 
you know, his rehab and everything. I think I think Vince would want to kind of push him to the moon. So I love these ideas. And I think Kurt sticks around through the whole run, unless he unless at one point Vince just doesn't want to pay him anymore. Um, which I don't see. Certainly hurts uh, TNA <laughs> because uh you know he's not there, he'll never be there. Um but you have you have Kurt you have Kurt do things like you know he's the one who manages to hold on to the belt when someone tries the the money in the bank cashing. Yep. Like you know let, let let's look you know if he wins the belt you know six and he holds it through to say you know to you know he's into two thousand and seven with his championship run. Well, you're looking at you know. In 07, your Money in the Bank winner is there's Mr. Kennedy. Now, we all know what happens there. Mr. Kennedy drops it. Edge has the run. But, you know, Kurt survives the attack. Um, you know, you could have him carry that through. He's, you know, as, as you go through the year, he then starts wrestling. You know, imagine before Ric Flair, I mean, I know that they did the whole Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair farewell, but can you imagine? We talked about sort of the Flair storyline. Can you imagine if if it's Kurt Angle who has that last great match with with Ric Flair in in two thousand and eight for oh, the wow. title? You know, for the belt. You know, in two thousand and eight, he, he holds on to it that long. You know, and then then you've got then you've got the rise. That's when you start to get the rise of some of these other guys. That's when Punk is going to, you know, win Money in the Bank that year. And then maybe he holds on, on to that. And then you build to a rematch with Cena. You know, that you know he, he gets his shot at Cena. Who, you know, Kurt could go on, on a massive run. And you get the right the right person or you build a person up in the right way. Um. That 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 win could mean so so much beating beating Kurt in an in ring. Like you could build it up that perhaps either a returning Chris Jericho or or a, or a Randy Orton. You, you you know build a run where you end up having these guys who in the ring can have an absolute classic. Correct to be the match where you know finally you know yeah Orton. Orton goes on, you know, he gets on that on that run, you know, with the punts and the and you know, punting people in the head and, and all that, you know, he he goes on that run and maybe maybe it's it's Kurt Angle that he's targeting. Who knows? But I just picture it just being such an awesome opportunity to build a real credible long term champion. I because there's so many young guys on the roster at this point that could benefit from wins and losses to Kurt. Um, I think he's a guy that would be grateful for the opportunity he was given because, you know, he was saved. I mean, he could have died. Um, and I think that 
you could go deep into 09, 2010. 2010 would be interesting because if he goes that far and you get into the whole Nexus stuff, hmm. he might save it. <laughs> yeah. He'd be a great heel to 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 uh kind of mentor those guys. Maybe more than punk, you know? And 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 if I mean I'll, I'll push it out in further. If you really wanted to push it, can you imagine what you might have had if you had Kurt Angle on this three, four, five year title reign and in two thousand and eleven you go into Chicago with CM Punk at the top mm. Puck, Puck ends the reign, ends this record reign of Kurt Angle. Yeah. So much to do with Kurt at this stretch because 07, 08, and 09 are really good years for WWE to begin with. You keep Kurt here and they're even better. And then arguably in and JR and I have said this many times, which is why we kind of pivoted out of it to something else on the Place B podcast. 2010, WrestleMania 26 to WrestleMania 27. So March 10 to March 11 is probably arguably one of the crappiest years in the history of WWE creative-wise. Everything in, that, in those 12 months is crap. And, and that includes Brett's return, which ended up being fumbled like crazy. Keep Kurt around, and maybe even Brett looks better if you're going to bring yeah. him back in 2010, you know? I think Kurt, even more than if he stayed into 07, 08, 09, he's already adding to something that's good at the moment. But in 2010, Sean's gone. I think Kurt keeps the roster stabilized. Because that's what I always thought the problem was. I feel like Sean didn't get properly replaced. Yeah. Um, you keep Kurt around in 2010, and I think it's a lot more manageable. Um, and if you, I and think if that's you where his that's where his value. Sorry, I just wanted to say that's where his value. I think is even more important than from. Mm-hmm. 07 to 09. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you, you know, like I said, you, a, a title run doesn't have to be that long. You could bring the belt off him at a later point. You could have a, a solid run and, you know, put, put the belt on, on an Orton or, or, or someone after, you know, after 12 or 18 months. But like you said, the, the stability that Kurt could bring, can, I mean, imagine, you know, we wouldn't have to put up with years and years of multiple. Undertaker fighting the same guy every other year. Right. Streak. Can you imagine if you put the streak on the line against Kurt Angle? Mm. And the sort of match they could have at some point. Um, can you imagine? Yeah, look, Triple H, there were some years that, that he had some exceptional. Like when you came out of the, uh, the DX run. When he came out of the yep. DX run, he had he had, he had the, the the championship reign on on SmackDown yep. for, for what, nine months. He he was really you know, I know he gets a lot of a lot of flack, but in that 
that period of time, he was putting on some good matches and really, you know, he was elevating guys that that stretch. Imagine if he had, if, if one of those matches was Triple H and Kurt Angle. Um, I, I, I just, I, I just see that the the potential for some absolute greatness coming out. I think Kurt Angle, if he had stayed with the company and hadn't left, I think he'd be, you know, he's had a Hall of Fame career, but you'd be talking Hall of Fame before before there was a, you know, before anyone would. You talk about two Hall of Fame careers on top of each other, um, and then when he who hasn't been named this episode made his right. comeback. Imagine, imagine a match between those two. Mm-hmm. The good matches in two thousand three. Yeah. Be interesting how they could do it in two thousand twelve. We have another he who must not be named. There's too many he who must not be names now in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> that that speaks volumes. Um. Maybe that's another. Uh, maybe that's another cool. Uh, uh, episode topic. You know, Kurt 2000 in the 2010s, you know, I think it'd be very interesting. But at least I think you would galvanize the roster in 06, and I think we'd see a very different 07. Um, Kurt Flair at 24 instead of Sean Flair would be very interesting. Then and then you know, like Angle can have, you know, through that whole time, like I said, you you, you put the belt on him in 07, You're starting out with guys like Taker and all Taker and like I said, Batista, Taker, Kennedy, Orton. But then you could be having the matches with Shawn Michaels, you know, right. early early 08, before Shawn does his 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 Undertaker matches. You could have him face Kurt. For the title. In fact, you know, Taker could cost him uh, uh, a match against Kurt to build to your Taker, help the build to the Taker Shawn Michaels matches. Right. Kurt Angle elevating Jeff Hardy. I mean, Jeff went on on a tear. Was it late late 08 to 09? Jeff Hardy is on an absolute tear in ring. Totally. Yep. In the ring with Kurt. One, one question we'd have to ask ourselves, though, and and we won't get into it now because we're already we're 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 gonna we'll be wrapping up. But if Kurt sticks around, does it stunt Edge's growth? Uh, possibly, but because you've got the two rosters, and as I said, that I seven oh eight oh nine time period, Edge made his his mark feuding with Cena. And if you keep that on the other brand, you keep you can keep Edge's elevation intact. You're just not going to be bouncing Edge between brands as much. True. But I, true. I think, Which might be a good thing. I, I think it would be. So I don't know that it. I don't know that it impacts Edge's rise. Um, it might impact the number of championship reigns guys like Cena and Edge and Orton have all had. They might not have as many title reigns as they ended up with, but 
that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing either. Mm. That's an interesting the one guy, for us. The guy, who might, the guy who might get hurt, the guy whose rise at the time might have had might have been stunted a little bit. Guy, it might be more guys like Bobby Lashley, who might not have had the opportunity to get showcased as much because you've got Kurt Angle in a similar sort of gimmick approach. Um, right. The, the, Wrestler, the powerhouse, the you know that sort of the powerhouse wrestler. Um, it might, you know, it might, you know, it, it could be. Right? Um, who else might get impacted? You know, guys like you probably, you know, maybe Jericho coming back to the company might not have been as big a thing. Um, but I think I, I really think that I, that that seven oh eight oh nine time period, you, you really have a core group of guys at the top, just bouncing the title between them. That they're, they're still going to be in prominent positions. They're still going to be getting their championship reigns. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, it's a it's it's an it's an abundance of riches, uh, uh, and I think Kurt would help a lot of, you know, moving forward for guys. But that might be an interesting one: how Kurt Angle could save 2010 WWE. That's another topic. Look at this: we did a total grab bag episode this month, and we might have spawned more episode topics. <laughs> That's why we're good at what we do, Dave. Uh, Well, I hope everyone enjoyed uh, Our kind of Misfits grab bag episode This month of Through the Looking Glass I hope you enjoyed I loved all three journeys we took That Steamboat Muda one Oh god, if only man If only Amazing Um, Yeah, maybe I think Meltzer would do that It would have to be Five and a half at the minimum because you know those two are not going to disappoint. If Steamboat's focused and Mood is focused, you're not going to get anything less than five and a half. And probably more. You're right. They'd probably go six. The two of them in their prime. Six stars. Dave, where can everyone find you? Um. Guys, you know, you, you, you'll you reach out to me through uh, through Facebook, Facebook Messenger. Um, I'm also on Instagram these days. I've made a transition. My sons have got me onto Instagram. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you, can, you can check me. Um, you pop me a message. I'd love to hear from you. And um, if you want to hear more of me, you can catch me on uh, on the Cronoso Monthly or Cronoso uh, Journeys. Uh, yes. Monthly when we dropped our most recent episode was WrestleMania five, so um, you know you can, you can check that over on the North South network. I was uh, invited. Uh, fortunately, Steve Bennett caught me in a bad day, and I wasn't able to join. But I was almost going to join you guys for that WrestleMania five. Uh, that would have been. I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, 
I, I, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know where you can find me. Uh, the one thing I do want to promote right now is go to our place to be group page. Dave, I don't know if you have yet. We got two days left from where we're from where this show posted. Uh, the ballot is up for what great for what show Greg Diener and I are going to do for this month's episode of Wrestle Tracks. It's either going to be one of the first two main events, either main event 88, Hogan Andre, or main event 89, the explosion of the mega powers, or Super Brawl 2. So get there and vote. You've got until Friday at 6 o'clock Eastern time, p.m. And uh, let me know which show you'd like uh, Greg and I to do. For our February Wrestle Tracks, you vote too, Dave. I've definitely voted on that one. I uh, I won't I won't I won't disclose my vote at this point. I don't want to influence anyone who's listening. But uh, <laughs> good. I vote out there. But those are three good shows. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought so too. And of course, we will have three. Uh, uh, we'll have three WrestleManias, of course, in March. That we look forward to you to vote for. And we are doing a uh, we're all, we are doing a viewers' choice vote in June. Meaning, we're going to have you give us options to put on a ballot to vote for what show Greg and I are going to do in June. So, that'll be, think about it. I hope everyone enjoyed the journey this month. Enjoy the month of February. And uh, we will um, think about our March episode. Of course, it is March, so we'll probably skew do it towards uh showcase of the immortals again as we did the past two years we'll come up with something fun and uh that's about it enjoy for dave i'm scott we'll see you in march through the looking glass